If you're hearing talk on the Internet, you're listening to TalkZone.com. Wow. Thank you for that. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Hey folks, thanks for being with us tonight. So what do you think, Keith? Do you think if you're going to have a judgment call on what's going on over in Iraq, that it would be wise to have some sort of an idea of what's going on over there, aside from what's in the newspapers? No fooling. I mean, wouldn't that be valuable? Because the newspapers sort of don't cover it accurately. They cover it with their slant. There's three parties to the wars that we go on. There's the U.S. effort to, to do what they need to do for a cause. There's the... Uh, tyrants or whoever we're fighting, and then there's the media. <laughs> and I don't know who's the toughest. You know, the media puts up a tremendous battle, and it's it's called uh, modifying the truth, manipulating the truth, the facts, yes. and keep it coming. For this reason, we like to bring on board to the show those folks who have proven themselves to be going out. We're doing the research, checking out news sources beyond the regular news media, doing what it takes to get the facts. The facts, folks, not an emotional response, but the facts. It's not so, emotional, not uh, where you have a hidden agenda or attachment, but what are the facts? Something irks me here, but I don't know quite what's going on. I'm going to dig and dig and dig and figure this out. To that end, uh, we have welcomed back to the show Stephen Hughes, and he has written a really long book, backed with tons of hours. It's a documentary. Oh, man. Really. Mm -hmm. And the book is called Tehran's Wars on Terror. And in addition to what he's got in the book, he continues... And it's nuclear delivery, or nuclear delivery capability. And he's continued to keep himself abreast of what is going on in the uh, Middle East region. So we welcome Stephen to the show so that we can get ourselves updated and you folks updated so we know what's going on over there and what we need to do about it. Hi, Steve. Hi. Thanks for having me back on your show. Uh, Just to let your listeners know, I do have a website up and running. It's www.nucleariranwatch.info. They can get further information on my book current events, and there's some free downloadable reports from the Center of Strategic International Studies and other things. NuclearIranWatch.info. Info. Info. So, dot .info, that's a new one, huh? Yeah, it's www.NuclearIranWatch.info. Gotcha. Good. Thank you. Do you believe, um, Stephen, that there's just undeniable evidence of a commitment for a world jihad and also 
weapons of mass destruction in Iraq uh, 2001, 2, and 3 before we uh, attacked? Well, I believe so. I believe uh, Saddam Hussein started uh, moving his weapons of mass destruction. And, and let me back up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about his defection of his son-in-law, Hussein Camille, which gets quoted so much because he said, and we only get part of the word, that Saddam Hussein had no more weapons of mass destruction on Iraq. And that's where they cut it off in the news. If you go on to read, he goes, because I destroyed them all. <laughs> you don't get that part. Whoops. And if you What's really interesting is when with documents that he did release to the UN, they were able to surmise that there had to be more. And what Hussein Camille, and in my humble opinion, was trying to do was to stop UN inspection then. Right. And you got to remember, he also, uh, instead of stopping UN inspections, they accelerated, and we 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 kept every year we were uncovering and found out that he had weaponized and put anthrax into Scud missiles and the bombs, aerial bombs, and other things. Now, now what years are these? Uh, how soon and how late do are, are is the evidence on anthrax and all their kinds of bombs and weaponry that they used it in? 1970s, 80s, 90s, 2000s? Well, this, this, at the, 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 the beginning of the Gulf War, and I, I chart this in my book, Saddam Hussein went on a biological weapons building intense effort. And it wasn't until the late 90s that we had unco- un- un- uncovered the evidence and how much that he had done. Uh, from declassified records I put in my, my book, that he actually attempted several uh, chemical warfare strikes, but the planes were shot down before they could carry them out, and there was actually some F-117 stealth bombers that specifically targeted specific areas in Iraq which had aircraft which were capable and was possibly in in being launched at that time. Now, a lot of it's if, and, and buts because we lost supposedly 70% of our Gulf War records to a computer virus. And that's uh, noted in my book, which is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Because how do you get all the Marines, the Air Force, the Army, and all the different intelligence agencies, all of their records in one place? where they could be wiped out. That, that's not that's, how they work, is it? That's, no. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmay Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Our guest today, Stephen Hughes, who's written the book Tehran's Wars on Terrors. You can check him out at nucleariranwatch.info. And don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. The book's called Tehran's War of terror and its nuclear delivery capability and the reason the largest chapter in my book is actually Iraq because it's so misunder largest chapter is so misunderstood my first book was which was written for the military audience and I got an excellent book review from the US Army armor magazine was on Saddam Hussein's military 
and I used a lot of declassified records on my first book on Saddam and Iraq and things then the UNIT had uncovered. So this is official documentation that's... Absolutely. Had, had to have proof and evidence, right? Absolutely. In my book, or, or my book differs from other books, I cite and I also provide not only documents, but I provide UN pictures. My book is probably has over 300 uh, pictures, illustrations from UN documents. I have pictures from UN documents where the UN inspectors had found that Saddam Hussein had loaded VX nerve agent into Scud missile warheads. I have pictures of his drones and other things in my book. So I'm just not talking about it that the readers seeing it and, and it leads it gives you more of a grasp of what Saddam Hussein was working on. And when we talk about Saddam Hussein, it's some of the things that that we gotta realize every year that the UN inspectors were there they were uncovering more and more and more of his weapons of mass destruction. Was it easy for them to do their work or did they have obstacles? Oh, it was terrible. There was an excellent uh PBS documentary on Nova Hunt the Hunt for Saddam Hussein's secret weapon. Right. And it you have actual film footage of the UN inspectors and interviews with David Kay and so many others showing where they were being threatened with serious bodily injury or death on a daily basis being blocked. They had actual film of, you would see them pulling into a site, and they were blocked from going in, and this, this one UN inspector risking his life climbed up this tower that was adjacent to the road and was filming these trucks leaving the area with all this equipment before they could get in. And that happened a lot of times, I imagine. And they would seize things, they would find things, and it would be taken from them. Uh, there was uh, someone, oh, one of the UN inspectors were found was working, I can't think of his name right now, for the Iraqi uh, government, and he was telling them where they were going to inspect next and what they had been uncovering yep. and planning to do research on. I mean, it Mucho was... Buckos. You know, it, it was just unbelievable, the... the, the let, let, let me read just a few of the uh, documented situations that the UN um, people, the investigators, the in, right now inspectors, the inspectors UN inspectors had to go through. There was like a baby milk factory, uh, and then the next day it was camouflage with the roof and the security fence all around it because they were about to go there. Is that right? Yeah, there was there was a whole bunch of things. Let me just uh, read you some highlights. It was only in 1995 that Iraq declared its offensive biological weapons program. You know, you're talking 1995 after after denying its existence for over four years. It was only in 1997 that the UN inspectors discovered the evidence of production completed on prohibited missiles delivery systems. And it was in 1997 that additional 187 pieces of specialty equipment used to produce chemical agents was discovered. And it was in 2003 when confronted by inspectors did Iraq turn over the Iraqi Air Force document that contradicts Iraq's chemical weapons inventory, disclosing an additional 6,000 
500 bombs with 1,000 tons of blister agent and mustard gas. This is pre pre war. This is no This is no minor thing. This is like no. This is like killing a country or something. And before the Gulf War, and this again is from UN records, Iraq prepared at least 25 Al Hussein missiles, and these had a reach that could hit any area into Saudi Arabia, in any area where U.S. forces were with chemical warfare agents for offensive use in a surprise attack, according to Form UN Inspector David Kay. So when was this, 97? Yes, it was. Uh, and this is all from UN records, and I have it in my book, and I, I list year by year, date by date. Uh, that is a weapon of mass destruction, isn't it? Uh, yes. We, you see, we're having the same, uh, you know, the same thing, it's so frustrating for me. The same thing in Iraq with Saddam Hussein is occurring with Iran. Sure is. We did not, we ignored his delivery missiles that he was working on against UN mandate. His cruise missiles, his UAVs, his, his delivery capabilities. And we really at that time didn't, hadn't realized how much he was making under the table. Right. And we're still just getting a hold of understanding this, this black market for weapons of mass destruction and their complementary arsenal uh, that, that's been on the market. In, in my book, I, I show where Ukraine had stolen from its inventory and ended up on the black market 575 of the X-55, also known as the KH-55, nuclear-capable cruise missile carrying a 200-kiloton warhead. 575. Was that nuclear or just capable? Is nuclear-capable. As far as we know, there was no nuclear warheads with them. These were pre-Cold War Soviet stocks that was left in Ukraine. And I, the, the, the beginning chapter of my book is how Iran obtained several of these, which sparked an international incident, because not only did Iran purchase these, but also China. And Japan was really upset, because these are very sophisticated cruise missiles. Steve, we got to take a break. Oh. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Stephen E. Hughes, author of Tehran's Wars on Terror and its Nuclear Delivery Capability, and we will be right back. <laughs> 